When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome into the Marvel Stuff Podcast. This is Spider Week. We're coming near the end. This is day four of a podcast full week here on the Marvel Stuff. And joining me today, if you don't know, I'm Josh Kennedy from Facebook. I'm always on the podcast, but making his Marvel Stuff debut is Mr. Jamie Pike, a.k.a. Coach DeLong's brother. How are you doing, Jamie? (laughs) Yeah, I'm doing good. Yeah, this is my first time on here, and I'm nervous, but we're just going to send it anyway. We're going to um, send it, dude. 50 luckily, episodes in, we're bringing in some family. Absolutely. Luckily for me, it's a topic that, well, one of the only one of the only superheroes that I actually follow and like, so it's perfect for me to be on during Superhero. Spider-Man. I know. I am so excited to have you on, bro. I know you are a big Spider-Man fan. Adam is a big Spider-Man fan. If you haven't heard his episode, he was day two. It just came out on Tuesday, so go check that out. My buddy Darius hopped on. He was Wednesday. His premiere as well. So we're we're getting all the newbies in here to talk about this epic adventure. And speaking of this epic adventure in the way of Spider-Man No Way Home, you went and saw the movie with myself and a, a group of, group of friends there. And this this whole interview is mostly going to be about Spider-Man as a whole, but I know you just are chomping at the bit to talk about this new movie. So, spoiler alert to all the listeners out there, we are going to spoil it. Absolutely. And Jamie, give me your thoughts on this fantastic film. Well, this fantastic film, I had I was very skeptical coming in. I wasn't the hugest like the biggest fan of the Marvel Spider-Man like with the character but I wasn't. I didn't hate him either because Tom Holland is an excellent actor, so that mm-hmm. helped a lot. But just to just to see the old Spider-Man, just to see it all come together like that, really, this made a hit home for me. It helped it a lot. And I don't know how to like. I'm just gonna say this: the ending of that movie, I loved like the most actually of the whole movie. Even You're talking about than- the the final battle scene. Not even the fun. That's a great part, but I'm talking when he walks into that cop shop, right into the right into his new apartment at the very oh, end. Okay, and okay. And no one knows who he is, and he's in this tiny ass apartment. That's probably my. I'm so excited for that. Yeah, we're gonna get to that. I got that as a question on here. We're gonna talk about the conclusion of that movie, but yes, his new costume, freaking awesome. I was so happy to see it. It's more comic book accurate than we've seen so far. He's no longer spoiled Spider-Man who got all of his stuff handed to him by Tony Stark. He's starting on his own, making his costume, embracing the real true Spider-Man of it all. So I'm really excited to see where this uh, this place is going. That's right. He spent, wasn't the past couple movies, he was in high school based the whole time, right? Yep, he was in high school and then they were uh, in this movie, they were applying to be at MIT because they were graduating. And uh, if you didn't catch it at the end of the movie that showed that he had a GED book within a box, because I don't believe he actually graduated yet, but clearly he's going to get to that point. I believe he's going to try and do the college thing at some point because that's a that's a primary function of Peter Parker's character in a lot of comic book arcs. So I'm hoping they go that route. Yeah, oh, 
what else did you think of this movie, man? I mean, we got to see both of the old Spider-Mans. We had a lot of villains. Doctor Strange played a pretty cool part, too. Just give me your favorite parts and your favorite character, and then we can just talk more broadly about Spider-Man. Well, favorite parts, the intro was great. I think the intro, the intro, like the first scene of the movie, the opening act, great. I liked it. Yeah, the one and, that I missed because I was getting pretzels. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it was a great start, I thought. But and then I like the scenes where the Spider-Man comes. I feel like that was super iconic. Yeah, I mean the the movie theater lost its mind. I was not expecting that. I've never been to a movie where everybody was as amped up. Yeah. I've said on previous podcasts that our specific showtime was a little extra with the clapping. There were a couple of times that it was perfectly acceptable, like when both the Spider-Man show up, but there was like random points where they're just like, why are we applauding this right now, guys? What's going on? But it's yeah. okay. All in good fun. Everybody loved the movie. What'd you think of the rogues? It was cool to see them come back. The who now? The rogues, the villains. The villains. Um, well, at the ending, I just watched The Amazing Spider-Man today, the first one. And at yep, the end of that movie, he actually, the lizard, I guess, is gone, but the the actual person goes gets arrested. So he didn't die. So I was kind of a little confused with how they all the died, of it. how mm-hmm. they all were dead, and that's how they ended up there. Because they weren't all dead, and not all of them ended bad either. They weren't. They didn't die bad. Well, I believe that they changed that from the trailer. They, instead of change, I, I don't quote me because I don't remember specifically, but in the trailer, it says all these guys died during their battle with Spider-Man. But when you get to this movie in the like actual theatrical release, it seems like everybody that knew Peter Parker was Spider-Man is why they were brought into this universe. But I guess they're all kind of met with weird fates. And yeah, I got the lizard, didn't die. That's a very good point. What can you do? They tried their best. Maybe right. he died in an off-screen adventure. That's a nitpick. It's a nitpick. Yeah, sure. and, and you know the perfectly acceptable. We are the Marvel Stuff Podcast, and we will do whatever we want and talk I'd about. Like, yeah, I'd like to talk about the two of my favorite villains, though, because I think they did an amazing job. Was the Green Goblin? Oh yeah, Willem Dafoe, fantastic Willem Dafoe, actor, great actor, came back. I feel like Marvel did a pretty good job keeping his character in line with what he was in the other movies, which was 100%. good. And then I was super happy with the fact that Doc Ock was in there and ended up saving the day because that's the character. That's how he ended Spider-Man 2 was saving the day. He saved New York City. And mm-hmm. So it was really cool to see him in that light. You know what I mean? Yeah, he got a redemption arc on top of his redemption arc. We got to see that fully play out, which is really cool because he – he very much was a hero at the in the very end of the battle. I mean, he he double crossed Electro, and that's how they defeated him. And in this movie, Electro kind of seemed to be the most powerful of the group with his yeah. new uh, arc reactor from Iron Man. So the and way Mark, they wrote him was super cool. I agree, hundred percent. Yeah, I think it was also cool. Like the little, um, like it was funny when Spider Man Tobey Maguire came in. He's like, "Yeah, my back kind of hurts." I was just watching Spider-Man 2 when he was starting to lose his powers and he freaking swung from a building and he lost his powers and slammed his back and he's like, oh, my back hurts. So it was just like a little things like that were really cool to see. That's actually super funny. I didn't know that was in there. That's hilarious. And yeah, the the back crack scene with Andrew Garfield and Tobey Maguire, they added that just because it looked funny. Like there was no real reason for that scene to be in the movie. They did that a lot with the statue, like 
setting and it was probably my favorite part of the movie the seven minutes where they're just talking yeah. about each other's history and crime fighting and stuff and i fought this black alien and they're like oh dude i, I fought a purple alien i want to fight an alien <laughs> yeah that's it's fun to see that the community that funny stuff right but i really enjoyed when they when tom holland's they all met tom holland at a secret spot that spider-man and then they told him like Tom Holland was freaking out doing his thing. And they were like, well, you're not alone because she, my, I lost my MJ and then my uncle Ben died. Like when they all said the same final words, remember when they did that moment, mm-hmm. yeah. I thought that moment was super cool and it brought it all together for, and yeah. Yeah. A hundred percent. And there's like, there, there's some hard strings in this movie. I mean, it's I obviously it. very funny. The action's really impressive, but there are a couple times that like, I could tell people in the theater were crying. The closest I came to crying, and I came real close, was when Andrew Garfield got to catch MJ. Yeah, and then yeah. he, he started tearing up a bit. I was like, oh, no, I'm, I'm feeling emotions. He saved his it was It was awesome. Yeah, he, got to, he got to save MJ. It was very cool. And I, I'm a huge fan. I, this, this was just a fantastic, fantastic film. That's 100% true. But let's hop in here. Why not start? This is an interview about Spider-Man, not just this movie. So who would you consider to be your favorite comic book hero? And if it's not Spider-Man, where does he place on that list? Well, like I said, I think in the beginning, I don't know much about any other superheroes at all. I don't really read comics, but Spider-Man just holds a special place. I don't know. I've always liked him. For no reason, knowing I'm like, I don't know the reason, but like, I could give you my best shot. Yeah, I mean, we we, will get into it pretty deep here, but I'm glad to hear that Spider Man's your favorite. So that makes you more than qualified to speak on this episode. So, everybody, all of the crowd out there, welcome Jamie with open arms. He's a fellow nerd when it comes to Spider Man. Now, do you remember your introduction to the character? Was it the 80s cartoon or maybe a video game i know he had some video games marvel ultimate alliance he was in as well or was it just the same Ramy movies like with toby Maguire? i think when i think about spider-man and back to when i was a kid right it's kind of where you're getting at yeah it was when we would play when i was actually you guys you and adam at my cousin's yep. house we would play with like the like the you know the figurines like the uh-huh figurines. the action figures yeah, we played the action figures freaking for hours, and I always picked Spider-Man. I think that was a little bit before or during the Sam Raimi Spider-Man movies. So, I, I would guess during, just just based on like in my head that timeline. I mean, the first one came out in 02, so it was oh, yeah, probably I was, I was two years, three years old when that came out. So. Yeah, so it was, it was shortly after that. It was probably after the second one or something with some cool action figures. And yeah, that's <laughs> action figures. I never, I never would have thought that action figures would be an introduction to a character, but. Now that I think of it, that was actually my introduction to Batman, which we're on the Marvel Stuff podcast, so I won't get into too much. But <laughs> my first uh, blue Batman action figure I carried around with me for like a decade. Yeah, they should merge the two like we did when we were kids. Yeah, they... <laughs> of course, of course. Okay. Maybe someday. Probably not, though. <laughs> now, because of the movie's release, um, do you think like just the timing with when you were in your childhood, do you think that's kind of what made you really love the character? Or was it more of like he just felt more relatable than a lot of other characters within movies? Uh, or both. It really could be either. Well, are you talking about with Tobey Maguire's Spider-Man? Uh, yeah, I, I think because those came out while you were uh, 
pretty young there, so that would make I think a lot of sense. Those came out and they were they were kind of heartthrobby, way more than any of the Marvel ones. So I kind of and like Peter Peter's character built went through a lot of sorrow ship and crazy stuff happened to him. I feel like that didn't happen as much in the Marvel movies, the beginning ones. But with this new movie, I'm gonna keep bringing it back because that's no, it's fine. I'm totally talking right now. Is because like Tom Holland Spider Man finally went through something something kind of like crazy, like so emotional, like how like we all feel his pain and like. Mm I feel like that was hard to connect to in the previous Tom Holland ones, you know? Yeah, that's a good point. I guess Tom Holland, like there was reference to him losing Uncle Ben, but you, they never told that story. So I think people kind of assumed that it was very similar to, was, to what it was in the other two versions of Spider-Man, but that was never really confirmed. So it kind of makes sense that he would get that tragedy storyline a little bit in this new movie. And I agree with you 100%. I love these Tom Holland Spider-Man movies. I do, but Tobey Maguire still places above him for me just because of those emotional storylines. And, you know, bringing it back, like Tom Holland, just he kind of always has someone watching his back in a way in every one of these movies, which they, they do a fantastic job at. But he had Tony Stark and then he had Nick Fury and then he had Doctor Strange and he had Happy through all three of them. So it's it's just kind of one of those things where, he has a mentor in this universe, but in other universes, he was kind of left to his own devices, which makes his uh, character arc uh, more emotional, I would say. Yeah, I agree with that. But I mean, since I brought up mine, I mean, out of the, out of every version so far, what would you say is your favorite live action Spider-Man? Are you talking like this whole, like one, two, three. Are you talking just one specific movie? Uh, you could do both. Uh, what? Well, yeah. Let's do that first. What's your favorite Spider-Man movie? First off, there are eight of them now. No, yeah, eight Spider-Man movies. There's three: Rami, two Garfield, one or yeah. three Holland. Well, the first three, McGuire, not same Rami, but continue. Maybe biased to me, but I'm gonna go with literally just the first Spider-Man, Tobey Maguire, the original, the first one. The original. It's probably I, biased. It's probably biased. It might, maybe. I don't know. <laughs> I I personally lean a little bit towards Spider-Man 2 because I really like the Doc Ock storyline, but the first one really established him as like... Spider-Man's always been a popular character, but him getting those movies just took him to a whole different level. Yeah. And it's it's crazy impressive to see. And uh, your brother and I, Coach, have talked about how... In the hierarchy of superheroes across the world, Batman's still technically number one. Then you got Superman and Spider-Man kind of go back and forth on which one's more well-known. But these movies coming out more and more, PG-13, getting to new generations, it kind of seems like he's going to surpass even Batman, which hurts me to say because clearly I'm the huge Batman fan. But he just keeps hitting things out of the park and he's... Spider-Man's just a great character that's so relatable. Yeah, he's been relevant for so long too since the Tobey Maguire like he's there's always been like we're waiting for that movie because we always knew that there was another movie coming about Spider-Man. And with the new yeah. Batman, I don't know anything about Batman, but 
I haven't heard anything new about any new Batman since Batman vs Superman or something. Yeah, I mean, he made an appearance in the Justice League movie, and then there is a movie called The Batman coming out in March, which okay. uh, I'll probably cover on my other podcast, Radioactive Paper Cuts. So there's a plug for you Hello. guys. <laughs> Go check that out when we do that review. But uh, that's he's going to be played by Robert Pattinson, which is uh, an interesting casting, and I'm really curious to see what they do with the character. But that's going to be a rated R movie. So it's like Ooh. you're hitting on all the adults that have been into Batman for all, like a super long time. And I think uh, that's a smart move. I think but at the same pr- time, you're falling behind with the kids coming up. They're playing. They're paying homage to our generation, maybe then. You know what I mean? Yeah. And that's perfectly acceptable because we're the ones that have a lot of money right now. But they're kind of missing out a little bit not marketing towards kids anymore because i think they tried to do it with batman vs superman but that was even a dark and gritty movie and then justice league they tried to lighten it up and everybody hated it and kids never got into it because the mcu was well established at that That movie why they're doing the stops it pretty much yeah they're i think they just accept that they're gonna make the most money if they go rated r or what everybody wants to see about batman the dark the dark that's interesting that's interesting and i like that i'm interested in that yeah, but Marvel but, is doing the exact opposite where they can sit. They, they have good storytelling, but parts of it are still campy and visually appealing to kids. And there's funny, silly jokes that even kids. A lot of jokes, a lot of jokes. Yeah. Almost jokes. an ad nauseum sometimes, but for Spider-Man, it's kind of acceptable because he's well known for his quips while yes. fighting and things. And it, it's fine. And obviously I'm a huge fan of the MCU and on the Marvel stuff podcast, but <laughs> they, they're, uh, they're having the PG 13 is the base rating and the fact that they've stayed relevant for almost a decade now or over a decade now. Cause the first one came out in, or not, sorry, not quite a decade, but 2008, 2008 was the first uh, Iron Man movie. 2012 oh, was the first Avengers. So we're uh, a little over a decade and it's continued to stay relevant with kids both the ones that were kids when those movies came out. And then there's a whole new generation that's starting to follow Tom Holland, Spider-Man, a bunch of young kids. There's even some listeners on this podcast, like 12% of our listeners or something like that are 17 and under. So yeah, Marvel's just hitting this, this young generation that's doing the same thing that DC had accomplished by having the Batman animated television show. That's the thing that really hooked people like myself to stay with Batman as their favorite character for so long. But because Spider-Man's so popular and he's getting all these movies, he's taking over that role as like the kid's hero. I mean, he's, yeah. he's always and kind of... he's not stopping now. With this, know, the end of this new one made me so excited. It makes it made you think that Venom's coming back, which I love. I love to see it. Um, and he's and like you said earlier, in the Tom Holland ones, traditionally has mentors and stuff, but now he's by himself a hundred percent. Now that we get is... to see who Tom Holland. Mm-hmm. really is that was my favorite decision out of all of it is i loved seeing the mentor movies because there was something new we hadn't seen that before we'd never we'd always only seen solo spider-man but now we have tom holland who has six movies under his belt civil war infinity war Endgame, and then the three spider-man movies so he's got six movies under his belt and now he's alone which is crazy how they made that work within the storytelling but <laughs> those are some people's like my personal favorite Spider-Man storylines are the ones where he's on his own. He's struggling to make ends meet as just a college student or whatever. And he doesn't really have backup anymore. And he's got to take on Spider-Man, all the props to him. He had the second best rogues gallery in all of comic books. I still lean towards Batman, but 
He's got a very rich history of really good villains that we still haven't seen. And that actually brings me to one of the questions I had for you. Uh, what um, what villain are you most looking forward to being in this universe? Do you think they're going to do like a Venom type of thing? Or are they going to try and redo a Doc Ock or Harry Osborn? Or are we just going to leave those characters alone because they made their appearance in this movie? Who? Uh, well, Rhino well he's alone now, him. right? And he's about to go to college. Right. And Probably. we're missing a character still in the storyline. Mary Jane's pretty much gone now. Who's the other love of who's the other Gwen Stacy? Yeah, that's mm. why I expect Gwen Stacy to come in to this yeah, story. I talked about on the podcast that came out yesterday in my little review of this. And the future of Spider-Man kind of he has there's that distance between him and the uh, Zendaya's MJ and Ned. So he chose not to tell them. I believe that that's gonna get undone at some point, which is totally fine but we're going to explore Peter Parker by himself. There's black cat. She's another villain within the Spider-Man universe. They essentially just copied a uh, Catwoman from Batman, but okay. that's another love interest of Spider-Man and then Gwen Stacy as well. So there's all these characters that we haven't quite got to meet within this universe. So I'm thinking Gwen Stacy is definitely the answer here. I think that her along with probably a black cat or some other love interest is going to be the future of this franchise. But I'm curious who you think the next big rogue is going to be within this yeah. universe here they, big rogue they set it up it's i think it's venom hands down without a doubt i mean they set it up for that i guess they did set it up. I, yeah they i think they set it up in my opinion yeah and uh, uh ray who's uh one of the co-hosts on here they were of the opinion that uh that symbiote should have gone back with tom hardy it's kind of weird that it, it somehow managed to stay in this universe but it's a symbiote though yeah, I, I agree. I'm not yeah. mad about it, but I think it's going to be cool just because we're going to, I don't, I think we're going to see more of a villain Venom as opposed to the anti-hero of this. Um, who becomes That's Venom cool. in the comic books? That's a good question because. So Eddie Brock is one of them, but. And Eddie uh, Brock dates Gwen Stacy, right? Uh, Yeah, in some versions. he he. That was definitely the case in Spider-Man 3 well, where it was Topher Grace's Venom. Right. Maybe they try to do, maybe they try to give Venom that full character development that he needs. Yeah, I could I could see them doing a different Eddie Brock. That makes perfect sense to me. Um, Darius on the episode yesterday, he pitched uh, Flash Thompson. So Flash has been in all three of these Spider-Man movies. He's the one that uh, wrote the book and all that about being best friends with Spider-Man and all that. Yeah, yeah. He's he's a Venom in some of the comic books. So that could be a direction they go for. I don't know what they're going to do with it. I can see that. I agree with you 100%. Venom's probably going to be the next villain, villain and it's uh, it's going to be awesome. Now, with the conclusion of the new uh, movie, do you find the return of the secret identity itself, like, do you find that exciting? And is is that an essential element that Tom Holland's Spider-Man seemed to be missing? We kind of touched on that a little bit, but... Yeah, we did, I, and I think it's essential. I think, well, that story with the mentor was great and all that, but mm-hmm. who is Spider-Man when it's just your friendless, just your friendly neighborhood Spider-Man with nothing else with him. Yeah. And I think that's just so exciting. And you need it all away. Yeah. And so what we already talked about kind of what we were going to see in the future Spider-Man, but do we think they're going to stick with the solo act because they are, he's still in the Marvel universe. He's still remembered to have been part of these epic battles as Spider-Man, not Peter Parker. So all of oh, Spider-Man's yeah. history is still written in just nothing to do with Peter. Oh, Parker. Wow. That's yeah, actually so, leads up a lot. That's I don't, cool. I don't know if they're going to have more. It's up to Peter then. Avengers? If he wants to 
Mm-hmm. Because if he's Spider-Man, then everybody already knows who he is, but they just don't know his identity anymore. Exactly. Because everybody forgot who Peter Parker was, not Spider-Man. That's a good point, like you said. That's very interesting. That's yeah, very so I'm thinking, I, I'm just curious if they're going to do a bunch of solo movies. I think that's the direction they should go, but on the other end of the spectrum, they could do more team-ups with more new characters. On a previous episode, we pitched the idea of the him teaming up with the Fantastic Four, because they're going to be the new... Uh, the new new team in the MCU, and I can see that team up. Fantastic Four. Yeah, they're going to be coming to the MCU eventually. They're confirmed. I think it's 2024, if I remember right, on the release calendar. So So that could be a future type of thing. I could see that they have a movie. There's like a two movie gap or a movie gap in those years that year. So maybe they do do a like a solo Spidey in that gap, and then maybe bring him to Justice League. Because is he is he in Justice League? Well, Justice League's DC, but Avengers. (laughs) You mean Fantastic Four? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. No, you're all good. Yeah. Um, in certain versions of the comic books, one of the characters I can't remember which one kind of goes missing or like dies in quotations. So he kind of takes their place on the team, and he's part of the team proper. There's also like you could pitch the story that maybe he teams up with some of the X-Men that haven't been introduced yet, because in some versions, Spider-Man and Iceman are really good friends. So there's a lot of different things with the character. But what do you, what do you think is going to happen? Well, with all this new information you just told me, it's very hard to make like who knows, really. Speculation's hard. He's the Venom. Do you think? I don't know. I really don't know. Couldn't make a guess. <laughs> yeah, no worries. Um. I, I'm on the same page as you. I, I want things to just be... Coach and I always say that we have to focus on the thing that we have right now and not try and look too far forward, which is why we're doing this whole Spider Week with all of these different things about the new Spider-Man because it was so epic, so, so adventurous, fantastic, that we have to embrace it as it is right now and not just look forward and what's the next thing that's coming and the next thing that's coming. It kind of it gets exhausting eventually, you know what I mean? Yeah. Has anybody asked you about your favorite thing about the Spider-Man yet? Uh, I, I mentioned it a couple times, but or- it's uh, it's still the I think the the seven minute conversation between the three Spider-Man. Definitely. I would say that. And then my favorite joke is the youth pastor joke was like, how are you going to fight crime dressed like a cool youth pastor? And yeah, that's funny. that killed me. Maybe it's because I was raised going to church and stuff. And that's exactly what I would picture. <laughs> so that just. And it was also funny because he was the only Spider-Man that not put a suit on until the battle. Until like the very end, yeah. Smart. I mean, it was smart just because the visual of the visual nostalgia of uh, Tobey Maguire's Spider-Man suit really does hit hard with the fans. Now, with this new Spider-Man movie, do you think? Well, first off, do you still you still rank Spider-Man the first one as your favorite Spider-Man? So, I guess the better question would be. Can that Spider-Man be topped at any point at being the best Spider-Man film? Well, and what what do they have to do to get you to like give up? Because <laughs> you know we're well, talking two thousand two Spider-Man. He's no one really knows who he is except for Harry and his friend, like Harry, really, and maybe a little bit of MJ. He's by MJ himself later, and yeah. I think there is a huge up potential for what we have the new next Tom Holland getting that adventure. Yeah. Um, Harry Osborne's a big character that I a hundred percent, we need to see that within the MCU. That's my, I'm of that opinion. Obviously, you know, they're going to have to cast someone younger 
to be around the same age range as uh, Peter Parker, but we, we do need to see Harry Osborn make a comeback. That'd be cool. Now, one thing that I was curious about in this movie, though, and I want to know if you were also like kind of wondering about this. Do you want to know what the missing years, like the stories for the other two Spider-Man? Because there's there's multi-year gaps where they kind of allude to some things that happened. But per- to be perfectly honest, I know it's not going to happen, but I would love for Sony to just make another Spider-Man movie for those other two. <laughs> yeah, Tobey Maguire looks pretty damn old, to um, just say. Mm-hmm. <laughs> pretty dang old, sorry, everybody. Yeah, no, we got it. But, uh... Not sure. Fully understand. Big, big deal. What um, I mean, that would be really interesting. But well, I mean, because Andrew Garfield talked about how he just they, stopped pulling his punches. That one I'm more curious about because it's like, oh, so how far did you go? I need to know the story behind this. <laughs> like, who did you not pull back on? Things like that. We'll see. Did he kill? Did he kill Electro? Is that who he's talking about? Not pulling back. Uh, Electro kind of died by getting overloaded on the second Amazing Spider-Man, if I remember correctly. So he didn't necessarily kill them, but kind of, I don't know. But he's not pulling his punches, so I want to know what happens after, you know, Gwen's dead, um, you know, Uncle Ben's dead. So we have all these dead people that he's got behind him. And the thing about the Amazing Spider-Man that they hinted towards that they never got the opportunity to fully develop because the second movie was so terribly received. (laughs) the mystery of his parents there are there's at least 15 minutes of footage between the two films alluding to this weird like backstory to the parents that's never been explored before to my knowledge in comic books or movies or anything like that so that'd be kind of an interesting thing to bring back like what's going on with the parents i was here watching the amazing spider-man and my friend abby and gator's Mm -hmm. girl she um, pointed out that those Andrew Garfield ones, Marvel had something to do with those ones too. She they pointed, had a little bit she's of seen Marvel in the credits. Well, they're they're um. I mean, that's the that's the weird differential is everything is labeled as Marvel because Marvel's the property. So the way that the hierarchy was set up, and now it's all messed up. So it used to be Sony Marvel. Because okay, so it, it, there's three Marvels. Let's just, let's just say that. So there's Sony Marvel. They've got Spider-Man and all of those people. We got Fox Marvel, which no longer exists because Fox was bought out by Disney. But at the time, the Fantastic Four and the X-Men were owned by 20th Century Fox. And then there's Disney Marvel that has most of the other Avengers, with the exception of Hulk. And Hulk is owned by Universal still, technically, along with Namor the Submariner. If I'm quoting my or if i'm remembering correctly cool interesting yeah so they're they're all technically marvel but the it's it gets a little jumbled and not everything's uh canon so that's why people were so pumped about this movie because they took sony products that disney got zero money off of they don't they never got paid on those other movies and then they get to kind of capitalize on all the nostalgia that the fans feel and get like do it that way it was really good i felt like i was i was just like i felt gratified with them being in the movie like i felt like full circle here they are here's the spider-verse like oh they were part of the spider-verse 20 years ago that spider-man was awesome it's like it was just so fascinating how they did it and they gave you good closure with some of the characters and it's just they did a fantastic job. For I want to talk about one one more thing, I think, and that is the Sony 
universe. Uh, have you seen the Venom movies? I watched the yeah once. I watched okay. it in theaters. Okay, so essentially the Venom movies and Morbius is coming into that universe, which that is coming out in January, I believe. Yeah, yeah, you guys saw the trailer before the movie started. Yeah. And then eventually we're getting Craven the Hunter, which he's personally one of I think he's one of Spider-Man's coolest rogues only because he got a fantastic death story arc within the uh within the comic book. So if he gets developed even further, but do you want these to actually cross over? Because we got a hint at it in Venom. We got at the end of Venom 2, spoiler alert for that movie, he flips into the MCU proper, this universe that all these movies are taking place. Yeah. And then the post-credit scene of this movie, he essentially just gets shot right back to his own universe. <laughs> so it was a total tease. In yeah, but Venom got left behind, though. Yes. You know? it, yeah, no, there's there's still there's still something resulting in it. So it, it, it worked out just fine. But it's, do we want them to cross over? Do we want Tom Holland in a Sony movie? Do we want them to be respected as their own products? Because essentially what Sony's doing is building up the Sinister Six and they're doing it by making movies without Spider-Man, which is incredibly interesting. But they kind of need Spider-Man eventually. So I, I want to so? know. Yeah, they do. They do need Spider-Man eventually. But they could choose to do it a different way. And they could go the Miles Morales route. And that he is-, is a very popular character now because of Into the Spider-Verse. And his that movie's actually getting a sequel that's called Across the Spider-Verse Part 1. And that's that's going to be fun as well. But if Sony really wanted to do something like that without getting Peter Parker Spider-Man into their universe, because I think that's what they're trying to avoid is a confusion within the audience. Like, why is this guy Spider-Man, but this guy's also Spider-Man? That's well, I think they actually covered their, their covered their bearings with that, don't you? I think they did because they brought three different Spider-Mans together. I think they covered the, Across the multiverse of the multiverse. They did a very good job of that, I think. That I think is something they're definitely leaning into, and I that's that's why I'm curious what Sony Sony Universe is going to do because they could go, hey, this is a variant of Peter Parker, just like An- Andrew Garfield and Tobey Maguire were in this movie, or they could go a different route and choose a completely different Spider-Man to kind of be the Spider-Man of their universe. This, I mean, this is all related to Marvel, and it's mostly just speculation, but it's fun to talk about. It's fun. It's interesting. And they keep us on our toes because we never know what's going to happen at all. Yeah, well, that that about wraps up what I thought about the movie. But let's we did the mid-credit scene. You watched the post-credit scene. Did that get you hype for the new Doctor Strange movie? That Doctor Strange movie looks very interesting. And did I get it wrong? Or was he trying to... He had That movie is based off what he did in the Spider-Man movie. Uh, Yes. Yeah, okay, so he's, so that, he's being whatever happens in that movie really will dictate a lot about what happens in the new Spider-Man, I think. Yeah, a hundred percent. I think that's that's that was an interesting thing that they did with this movie. They added a trailer to the next movie as opposed to an additional scene like they've always done. I have already stated in a previous podcast that I think it's gonna be a one-time thing. I don't think they're gonna do that multiple times. I think they specifically did that because everything that just happened at the end of this movie directly leads into the new Doctor Strange movie. And I think that's the reason why. And I, I, I thought it was smart, personally. Yeah, but nobody in that Doctor Strange movie is going to know who Peter Parker is. But they'll know who Spider-Man is. They, that's the thing. They don't actually need him anymore. They they still have Spider-Man. And and they, like, yeah, they, 
oh my gosh, they don't even need a face really to it. Anymore. Yeah, they, they don't even need Spider-Man in the movie. I don't even think he's uh, signed on to be in the movie at all. But it's it's essentially just dealing with the events that happened in that movie. And then it's Doctor Strange's story about what happened because of this. Okay. So we're getting Wanda back in the MCU movies as opposed to WandaVision, the TV show. And finally, we get the return of Mordo, who's one of my favorite villains within the MCU so far. And he's only been in one movie. So I really hope that's going to be awesome. Yeah. But did you did you have any closing thoughts there, Jamie? I had a great time having you on here. It was super fun. Yes, that was super fun. Thanks for having me on. Um, yeah, Spider-Man's fun to talk about. It's interesting, never-ending possibilities after this conversation we really don't know what's going to happen yeah we just unlocked more alternate endings is essentially what we just did <laughs> but it was fun yeah i had a great time thank you for joining me and thank you to the listeners for uh catching this episode this was day four of spider week we've got one more episode coming tomorrow and if you're somehow still bored i'm calling this the apocalypse in my own personal life because i have seven podcasts coming out <laughs> so if you want to catch uh, the Witcher review, that's going to be on Radioactive Paper Cuts coming out Tuesdays and Thursdays for the next couple weeks. Thank you guys for joining. And in the immortal words of my loyal co-host, Coach, don't have too much fun without us. 